0: Putting is one of the toughest aspects of disc golf, so it's always really nice being able to find a putting tool that can help you improve and save strokes on the green. Hey everybody, what is up, it's Antonio. Welcome to episode 25 of Teach Play Disc Golf, a Gladiator Disc Golf Podcast. I am so excited to have you with me here today. I have a lot of fun things planned for this week's episode and I cannot wait to get to it all. We are going to be talking about a new putting product out on the market. It came out about a month or so ago and I finally got my hands on one. It's the Champ Cap Solo by Putt Confidently. After that, we have a disc review this week. Yes, I am so sorry for the last couple weeks without a disc review. But as you can see behind me, if you're watching the video, we are reviewing the Innova Alien. I have a lot of fun thoughts about this disc. After that, we will recap uh, DGLO, Discraft Great Lakes Open. We will recap it. I have a lot to share about DGLO, so I'm very excited to go over that tournament with you. And... Then we have some upcoming tournaments that I'll talk about, you know, just for a minute or so. There's not a whole lot for me to say about that. And then that will be the entire episode. So without further ado, let's get into our disc golf skill. So this week's disc golf skill is sponsored by Puck Confident. Like I said, we're going to be talking about the Champ Cap solo, and I have some very uh cool things to share with you guys so several several months ago i was i became sponsored by puck confidently after trying out their champ cap and i gotta say i was really impressed with the champ cap it had been out for a while but i never really been able to work with one myself but as cool as i found it there were some um uh, and not so much obvious, but there were some perceptions or beliefs about the champ cap itself that may be limited um, Or discourage some people from actually buying it the main thing being that it sits over the entire basket And that it takes a little bit of time to set up now If you do it regularly on and off you can get pretty quick at it, you know get it up in two to three minutes but when you maybe only have 30 minutes and you got to stop putting to put the champ cap on or stop putting to take it off, that can really cut into your practice time. And I am so grateful that Put Confidently heard these uh, reviews and just heard these public opinions about it because they came out with the Solo. Now, the Solo is a very cool product because basically it sits on one side of the basket. Actually, not even a full side, I would say about a third to a quarter of the basket all right and so basically the champ cap solo is a quarter of the champ cap itself it is only one ring and it's the 12 inch diameter ring and it's held on completely with the uh, with the the puck confidently bungees so you have five or six on the bottom and then depending on the specific home basket you have you have a bunch of rings up top and anywhere from like uh four to seven rings up top to hook it on with the bungees to the top of your basket. And so it's it's a little tedious to do the bungees, but here's the thing about the Champ Cap Solo that uh, I was really impressed. Once you have it on, you really don't have to take it off. Uh, it really only sits on about a third to a quarter of the basket itself, which means it leaves the rest of your basket completely bare so you can get some open putting practice that way while then walking around or just rotating your basket, depending on your uh, putting setup, to be able to work with the champ cap itself. Um, However, the ring itself is only 12 inches. Now, um, is it possible? I don't, this is just, you know, foreshadowing, not even foreshadowing, but possible predictions. Is it possible that they will come out with solos that have smaller rings like the big champ cap does? It's possible, but at the same time, it's one of those to me where it's like, why would you buy a bunch of champ cap solos with different size rings when you can just buy the champ cap itself, the the big one, the one that sits over the top, um, and use that. So I think they have two really great products, but specifically the chimp capsule I've been really happy with. I only got it, you know, just a few days ago, so I haven't had a ton of time to work with it. But in the time that I've used it, I've I have so appreciated, the minimal distractions and setup i literally put it together uh, a few days ago and then when i went to go practice and just put on it for a little bit this afternoon it was so nice not having to take the champ cap off put it back on i could just take my basket out do a few putts spin it around do a few more putts with with the uh, champ cap itself, and then go back to the bare basket. So it really minimized distractions, and it completely eliminated the setup time. The nice thing, and I haven't tested this out personally, but I've seen people do this, is with the champ cap solo, you actually have a lot of variability in your putts. So basically what I mean is, since it sits on only part of the basket, depending on the angle at which you are facing your basket, you can still work on your hyzer putts and your anhyzer putts using both the ring and the edge of the champ cap itself because depending how you are once again looking at the basket, I'm looking at my basket right here for those of you on YouTube watching the video, I mean, depending on how I'm looking at it, going through the ring is not uh, my focus maybe for my hyzer practice, going to the bare side of the basket. And so I can just kind of, angle myself to putt around the exterior of the champ cap solo. And so obviously then you have your elevation putts that you can work on if you have elevation around you to be working on that. That's not going to change anything from just the traditional champ cap, but you have this flexibility to use the bear basket to your advantage to work on these things while honing in your confidence, your focus, and your accuracy with the champ cap solo. So I've been really happy with my experiences so far and just seeing it on my basket, knowing that I can go an entire practice session without using it, or I can use it as the only tool that I wanna use. And if I really wanted to dial in my actually I could just pop the champ cap um, I haven't tested this yet, but I'm fairly certain based on just looking at it right now, I think the the big champ cap would actually sit right over it. I would just align the 12 inch squares. It might be kind of like a double ribbon basketball, but honestly, that wouldn't bother me too much because when I'm using the champ cap, I like to really focus on the smaller rings anyway. And so it could literally just sit right over the solo if I wanted to, and then I would just bungee cord it down real quick. So I have really enjoyed it. I have a lot more that I want to do to work with it and get familiar with it, but I just wanted to give you some of my initial thoughts. I'm sure in the future I will bring it up again and share some more insightful um, analysis and basically just how it's affected my game. But I will say that um, the delivery package is significantly smaller. And so if you're traveling, you say, okay, I'm traveling. I'm going to go see a friend or I'm going somewhere where there's going to be a disc golf basket. I can't bring mine. You can just pack up the Solo uh, right into your luggage. It doesn't take up a any space at all it's like a six by six square when you fold it up and it's super thin only like a half inch thick when you fold it up and kind of smush it so it doesn't take up a lot of space the bungees will take up a little bit uh a little bit of space because they have a hard bead on them but other than that you can easily travel with it it's easy to store if you're not using it and so the best part and i haven't even mentioned this yet The best part about the Champ Cap Solo is that it is very much a great entry-level putting tool in Putt Confidently's lineup. One of the biggest, I think, detractors for some people to get the Champ Cap itself is that it was an $80 or $90 investment. And... The champ cap solo is half that price. And so you have a ton of flexibility with it, a ton of different options to use. And it's a much lower entry point. It's it's uh oh man, I'm forgetting now uh, off the top of my head, but I think like after taxes and everything, I think and I think it was like forty dollars, forty-two dollars after Taxes, no, it was 40, $47 after like taxes and shipping. So it's a lot less. So it's, you know, in the 35 to 39 mark, I think, on Amazon. Um, and so it's way lower price point. And so I think a lot of people who were a little hesitant about getting the Champ Cap, I think you'll really like the Solo. You're going to find that it, uh, can work for your game and your putting uh, practice a whole lot better. So if you wanna check out the Champ Cap Solo, you can go to Amazon, or you can help me out a little bit. Remember, I mentioned I'm sponsored by them. I have a link in the description, and when you click on that link to go to their website, you support me quite literally with a little bit of a kickback uh, by using that link you support me and everything i'm trying to do by helping to teach people how to play disc golf and growing the disc golf community and helping people just learn more about it so i would really appreciate it if you use the link below but I won't be upset if you go to Amazon either, I totally understand. So uh, I just wanted to bring that up and talk to you about that. We do have a little bit of another disc golf skill that we're going to talk about later in the episode. But I wanted to share my thoughts because I said a couple days ago on Instagram that I would review the Champ Cap Solo for everyone to give you some insight. So those are my initial thoughts on it. I will definitely come back in the future with a little bit more insight and a little bit more experience with it. Uh, But these kinds of things take time, but those are my thoughts so I hope you found that helpful and if you did make sure you go ahead and check it out and use the link in the description whether you're on Spotify or Apple or YouTube go ahead and check it out now I want to uh, have a little bit more uh, serious of a message here if you follow me on Instagram you'll know that uh, earlier today the day I'm recording this that is not the day I'm posting it I uh, shared uh, a reel and some information on Instagram. As you know, the island of Maui has been devastated by wildfires. 11,000 people have been displaced on the island of Maui, specifically in Lahaina. 115, as of this recording, are reported dead. 850 people are still missing. And there's been over $5.5 billion worth of damages. And I know, why are we talking about Maui in a disc golf podcast? Well, I'll just get right to it. There is a Maui Strong Fund going on, and so many people around the globe have donated money to help these people in need. And I want the Gladiator disc golf community, the disc golf community as a whole, to do the same. So I designed two t-shirts with slightly different graphics on them. In support of Maui Strong, and if you uh, buy one of those shirts, all proceeds from the shirt I am keeping absolutely zero profit. Every single penny of your of the proceeds will go directly to the Maui Strong Fund. Uh, in part with everybody else who orders one, uh, together on behalf of Gladiator Disc Golf, and we will donate and we will send money to those in need. We know that they desperately need it. And so I have two different designs, slightly different designs, you can order them, Please, please order them or consider ordering so that we can help those in need. The shirts are available at my website, link in the description. And also if you're watching this on YouTube, you can actually, uh, I'll have the products listed below the video and you can order directly from YouTube. And if you're not watching on YouTube, that's okay. You can go to my Instagram and you can order directly from Instagram or click the link in the description to my website. It would mean so much to me, but I know it would mean so much more to the people on Maui who are hurt and devastated and have lost loved ones. I actually know some people who have been affected uh, by these uh, traumatic events and I hope that we can all send some money to them to help them in their time of need. Thank you so much for supporting me in this endeavor as we go to support others and help them as much as we can. So thank you so much, everybody. I appreciate you listening to that and I hope that you will consider ordering a t-shirt. Okay, there's really no easy way uh, to transition from something like that. I appreciate you listening to um, well, you know, to that self-imposed ad as uh, as I as we try to help these people in need. So we will just, Naturally, transition as much as we can into our disc review for this week's episode. The disc review is sponsored by OTB Discs, like it is every week. Thank you, OTB, for sending me the disc that we'll be reviewing today, the Innova Alien. If you want to get an alien yourself or any other disc, head to otbdiscs.com and use discount code GLADIATORDG to save on shipping. Now, the Innova Alien is a super unique disc, it is four speed two glide, yes you heard me correctly, two glide, zero turn and one fade. Now what's very cool about the Alien is that it is the uh, only other disc in the end of a lineup besides the Sonic that has this sort of dome top, um, not not so much dome top excuse me, it, it is a little domey but it has almost like the ultimate frisbee rings. The, it, so it has the same top as the Sonic as I'm uh, on the video comparing the two here, it has the exact same top as the Sonic, but the bottom is much different. The Sonic has more of an ultimate frisbee shape, and the uh, the Alien has more of a fast putter, slow mid range bottom with a slight micro bead. Um, but it's not super overstable. It only has about ooh, only has about one fade, whereas the Sonic is like minus two or three turn and zero or one fade. So a much flippier disc. So the Alien is not nearly as flippy, even though it has the Sonic top, and even though it has uh, some good dome. This disc, I mean, unless you can throw it really, really far, is not going to glide as much as you would expect after hearing that kind of dome. And I think it just has to do with the very shallow, the shallow rim. That uh, that little pocket of air that gets under it isn't going to keep it necessarily aloft nearly as long. However, you can still get some really good distance with this. So it has a little bit of a beveled bottom, far less glide than the Sonic. You know, like some of these slower discs, you can tell when they have a lot of glide because even when it feels like they're moving slow, they just stay in the air the moment the alien starts to slow down, it really drops. And that's where you see the low glide really come into effect. Obviously, coming right out of your hand, it's gonna fly pretty good, it's gonna have good glide, so to speak. But as it starts to slow down, you can kind of see the disc struggling to stay up. And so if you are looking for a fast putter, slow mid-range with low glide, and um, not a lot of left to right movement, the alien might be something that you're interested in, and here's why: it feels weird, or you would think it feels weird, but then you go and put it in your hand, and unless you put your finger on the pop top uh, part of the you know the sonic top, if you just keep your finger on the uh, the ridge lines, the thumb track, it really feels like a slow mid range in the hand. It does not at all uh, feel super awkward unless you go and put your thumb on top of the flight plate. And so it looks like it would feel weird in your hand, but it feels pretty normal actually, which I think is going to surprise a lot of people when they go to throw it. The other thing that surprised me when I took it out to the field is that following the same basics, as long as you keep your fingers off the uh, raised lid part of the uh, flight plate, this also forehands pretty well. Um, I have it in star plastic and nexus plastic. And a couple things I noticed is, I will say the Nexus here, I'm looking at the weights is a little heavier, uh, but I found the Nexus to actually be more overstable than the Star plastic, which to me uh, is pretty shocking. As I'm holding them now, I do feel the weight difference. So that could be part of it. When I was throwing it, I did not even pay attention to the weights. I was just like, oh wow, Star is a little flippier this alien says 179, which for Innova could mean that it's 177 or 182. <laughs> and then the star is listed as 173 to 175, um, which feels which feels about right. This alien definitely feels heavier, uh, and or it could just be like the feeling of the denser denser plastic, so sort to of speak. It feels a little uh, more rigid. But um, I found the Nexus to be slightly more overstable, not at all beefy, not anything like a Toro, uh, which is similar flight numbers except for the fade or even or even a rock 3. But um, you know, I would say the Nexus probably had about two fade, whereas the star had about that 0.5 to one. I would say the flight numbers for the star are fairly accurate. Um, I will say as fun as this disc was to throw and as interesting as it is, uh, that's pretty much all I feel about it. It's interesting to throw. It's interesting to kind of toss around with people. You could probably still have it as a fairly easy catch disc, similar to the Sonic, but I don't know that I would actually ever bag the Alien. And, uh, you know, there's a, uh, I think there, I, I wrote down here a couple reasons for that. I would, in in this slot, right, I would throw the Bullet, which is slower and a little bit more glide or the Mustang, which is faster and more glide, but at a slower speed, I can kind of get a little bit more controlled flight. Same with the Bullet. And I just feel like if I had Mustang, Alien, Bullet, uh, it'd be really hard to decide what I wanted to throw along with either an armadillo or a glitch in the bag. It would just really overlap a lot. And I am a fan of layering discs, not complicating my bag. And so having too many molds that would do similar things is just not my uh, style preference. That being said, I do think because of the low glide, it could be really great for approach shots when you're trying to get near the basket uh, or throwing off the tee on a fairly short hole because it's you're not going to really run the risk of gliding too far past the basket as long as you have good power control. That being said, I would prefer throwing a Berg or an Armadillo or for some of you, throwing an Innova Pig, discs that aren't going to glide as much. I think the disc, the Alien, is really cool for the novelty of it I just don't know how many people are actually going to throw it because I think there's a lot of discs that can um, quasi fit that slot. Um, and, you know, this is not as overstable as a zone, so it's definitely not going to take the place of the Toro or the zone or the harp or anything like that or the tactic. Um, I actually do think the Sonic is better. I think it flies better. I think because it's significantly flippier, and so I think it has a little bit. Uh, it's easier to find a slot in the bag for the Sonic, in my opinion, than the Alien, because you don't have a ton of discs, in my opinion, that are this slow and 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 can turn this much with just being thrown flat. Uh, Most putters are going to be neutral to overstable. There are some understable putters out there, but a lot of times players will take their neutral or overstable putters and beat them in. They won't really invest in an understable putter, so there's not, from my perspective, the last several years, not a huge market for understable putters. But the Sonic is so unique and is a great uh, transitionary disc for Ultimate Frisbee players and just anyone who wants something that's super flippy, uh, it works a lot better for that. And so I think the Sonic will remain more popular than the Alien, but I think the Alien is really cool. And uh, actually, kind of think of it, the, the the profile of it does kind of look like a UFO now that I'm looking at, it. and that could be why they called it the Alien. I didn't actually look on Intervist page to see why they called it that, but that could be why. So that is the Innova Alien. If you wanna get the Innova Alien in DX, Nexus, or Star Plastic, head to otbdiscs.com. Use discount code DG and save on shipping and get yourself a pretty cool disc. It is pretty cool, I just don't know that I will throw it and I don't know how many other people will actually bag it, but I will definitely bring it for uh, friends and everyone to try out because it's a super unique disc. Now let's go ahead and let's talk about what an awesome weekend of disc golf we had. I am so excited to recap the Discraft Great Lakes Open. Let's go ahead and let's start with FPO. Um, From wire to wire, start to finish, Own Scoggins dominated. She had three straight rounds of seven under par. We're talking about Rounds where the next player maybe shot three under or five under and she was absolutely Dominating the first three rounds. She didn't make a lot of mistakes if I remember uh, correctly as uh, from Statmando, I'm fairly certain that over the course of the entire weekend own did not birdie a single par three I believe she got all her birdies on par fours and So there are a ton of par fours on that course But I don't think she birdies, or if she did, it was very, very few. But Owen took advantage of a lot of mistakes that a lot of other players make. And this is the other disc golf skill that I uh, referenced earlier that we're going to talk about once we cover MPO as well. She didn't make a lot of mistakes, she didn't try to do too much, and she played very clean rounds. That being said, I believe she only won by three or four strokes which means that Ella Hansen almost came back. Ella shot, I believe an eight under final round and Owen only shot a three or four under final round. So. She was a little slower uh, on with her scoring on the final day, but that is okay because she set herself up for success. And uh, it was just so, so cool to see Own Scoggins get her first Elite Series win. After finishing on the podium, I think I saw 15 times. I mean, you want to talk about something that can be so discouraging is watching someone else lift the trophy, watching someone else win, 15 times when you were only a handful of strokes behind now granted That coincides perfectly with Kristen Tatar's dominance over the last two seasons. And so it's Also fairly understandable to see why she finished on the podium 15 times and didn't win half of those times because uh, I didn't I didn't look at all numbers, but own has gotten second a lot and it's normally behind Kristen Tatar. And so <laughs> all those tournaments if Kristen wasn't there, that own got second. Own this would pro- I would bet this would be like own sixth or seventh win over the last 2 years at a minimum. She has been playing so consistently. I will say, this goes for MPO as well. The course was very cool. I liked a lot of the changes they made, but by far the biggest change that I liked was switching pin positions in between rounds. I know some of the pros maybe didn't love it because they couldn't really get certain holes dialed in and learned but I think it made it so much more fun for scoring. It really changed the way the course played on a couple holes. And I also um, just really liked how the players had to adapt. You know, there were, I think Friday was the windiest day. And uh, I think the pins were in the long position on that day. So players had to really weigh risk to reward what they were going to do on some of those longer par fours. So it was very, very cool. I liked the balance of it. And I think, Uh, You know, they'll continue to change things in the future, but at least as far as switching the pins go, I might be in the minority here, but I actually really enjoyed that aspect of D-Glow. And then on the MPO side, there was a couple moments in the third and even fourth round where it felt like anyone could win at any point. Now, as the fourth round continued, Simon really started to assert himself as the leader. But here's the thing. Mathematically, Simon was nearly out of contention after round two. He finished the weekend at 30 under. Simon shot nine under the first two days. So going into day three, he was at nine under. The reason he won is because Saturday and Sunday, he shot a combined 21 under par. I mean, you ever shoot 21 under par in two rounds, you're probably going to win. But on a four-round event, it can almost feel like that may not be enough, but it was enough. 21 under par at this course specifically was so tough. This is not, this course was challenging because of the elements, because of the elevation. It was hot, it was windy. There was a lot of uphill, downhill throws. The course is long and it's over the span of four days. And so fatigue really starts to kick in. And so to shoot your hottest rounds, On the final two days says a lot to uh, simon's resilience and focus and ability to perform under pressure and and just his he he never gave up he was playing so so well so it was really really cool i will say eagle showed some great resolve but um about halfway through the fourth and final round we saw eagle having to take some uh crazy lines almost what we would call simon lines uh, because he had to try and cut it close to try and snag an eagle on a par four. Or if Simon made a mistake here, you know, trying to take advantage of it. But what actually happened a lot is either they both made mistakes on a hole or eagle made a mistake and then Simon executed. And so eagle was never really in a position to take advantage of, uh, of Simon's mistakes because when that typically happened, eagle also made a mistake. Um, so that being said, I think one of the other coolest things is Calvin Heinberg. I don't know if you guys watched Jomez, but they showed this or if you paid attention to live. I promise the numbers I'm about to say, you are hearing correctly. In five holes, Calvin went seven under par. He went eagle, birdie, 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 eagle. And neither of the eagles were close. Like in distance. The first eagle, I believe uh Jome said it was 276 feet away. The second eagle was even further at 297 feet away. These were field aces basically. Okay? These were field aces and they were beautiful throws. And he was just feeling. I mean, to go seven under par in five holes after the first six holes or something, uh, Calvin was only like one under. He was he was skyrocketing up the leaderboard. He eventually would you know cool off uh, as you would expect <laughs> because it is so difficult to maintain that. Um, because I'm pretty sure there were only two eagles earlier. In the weekend and then he doubled that on the final day by himself in the same round within five holes uh, absolutely insane if you haven't watched final round coverage on Jomez uh, or seen Calvin's Eagles you need to go watch that um, it was so cool to watch I was just blown away sitting there on TV watching. I just I just couldn't believe it I mean that is incredible to be doing and, you know, getting an eagle is hard enough, but to do it with all that pressure, just insane stuff. But anyway, back to lead cards. Simon played so smart the entire weekend, but especially the final two days. And it has resulted in him winning six Elite Series events or Elite and Silver Series Disc Golf Pro Tour events over the last two seasons. He is number one and wins on the pro tour in the last two seasons he has the most victories Um, that says a lot and here is where that quick second uh, disc golf tip i wanted to talk about if there's anything that we have learned from watching simon over the last two seasons and own for the last several seasons that she's come back on tour it's that smart golf is better than aggressive golf for long-term success, okay? Both of these players got to where they are today after playing smart golf for two-plus years. Own having double-digit podium finishes, even though she just finally got her first win, double-digit podium finishes, Simon getting six Pro Tour wins in two seasons. You don't get there without playing smart over and over and over. Are there going to be events where someone gets on a hot streak and takes a victory from you? Yes. But if you're always in contention, and this is this goes for the same with someone like Calvin Heinberg, you will eventually start notching those victories more often than not. So the tip that I want to talk about is playing the smart controlled shot leads to victory and consistency. But here's the thing about that smart controlled shot. You you have to make it a habit. And I know a couple of years ago Simon did a video with Paul where they switched lines, they called each other's line for each ho- for the the other, and all of a sudden Simon was like, "Wow, th- playing Paul's game makes disc golf so much easier." And I think that was when the switch started to flip and he really began to realize, "Hey, if I start doing this more and more and more, I'm going to play better and win better. And disc golf's gonna be more fun because for a time there, Simon was really struggling emotionally uh, with disc golf and being able to stay mentally focused and prepared because he was just having such a hard time. And I think slowing things down, playing the smart shot really helped. So that being said, don't go for the Simon line. Don't go for the hero shot. Yes, there's a time and place. We saw Eagle do this in the final round. There is a time and place when you need to go for the hero shot. But for most players, you do not need to go for the hero shot. Play the smart, conservative shot that's going to lead to the best results most of the time. Also, stop trying to birdie every hole, okay? If you go to a course and say, I'm going to shoot 18 under, you're always going to leave disappointed. It is so hard, no matter how easy the course might be, so hard to shoot 18 under because it is perfection in a sense. And so that is really tough. So not to um, lower your expectations by saying it's not possible for you, but it's hard to um, mentally prepare and feel competitive when you say your expectations so exponentially high that you are never going to achieve them, especially if you average four or six under par at a course to try and shoot 18 under par you're probably getting nine birdies but three bogeys because you're going for some hero shots that you don't need to so don't go for the hero shot and get out of the mindset that you need to birdie every hole and then don't forget play to your strengths There comes a time where maybe your strength is not what the hole is calling for and you have to decide, am I going to throw the shot that will be most successful on the hole? Or am I going to throw what I'm most comfortable with and feel like I can execute better? And there's a lot of nuance in there that you will have to figure out for yourself because every player is different, but play to your strengths. Own Scoggins is an excellent example of this. Own does not have a lot of power whatsoever, but yet, she had so many birdies, she shot so cleanly because she said, okay, this is a par four. I'm not gonna be able to get all the way up there to have a super short approach for a birdie or maybe a throw an eagle. But I can break this hole up into two throws and either take a par, and never be at risk of a bogey, or I might be able to get close enough and make my birdie putt. She had, I think, a hundred percent C1X putting going to the final round, and I think finished the weekend with like ninety-two percent. So, own broke up the holes and played to her strengths, staying in bounds and out of trouble. Does more for your score than birdies ever will, and there's a reason for this. Birdies are great, but if you're trying to go for the birdie every single time, you're going to run into trouble by taking some lines and throwing some shots that you don't need to, which means you'll often find yourself going OB uh, in some awkward positions because you're trying to accomplish too much with a throw. But if you stay in bounds and you stay out of trouble by playing to your strengths and breaking the hole up, you will be able to... um, really have more have a better score than if you're just trying to birdie everything and so staying in bounds and staying out of trouble will benefit your score more especially in the long run than getting a bunch of birdies this one round and then the next time you go you don't get those birdies because you're playing too aggressively And then the final thing, I've kind of already mentioned this, I kind of went out of order here on my list, but breaking down the holes into easy throws, not biting off more than you can chew. This is super important. It's also honestly probably the hardest thing to do in a tournament. See, in a tournament, you're going to have players who can throw maybe a lot further than you, and you're going to see them take a distance driver and take a line that you didn't even know existed. You'd be like, oh, I want to try that. No, don't. Not if you're trying to win, not if you're trying to compete. It's different if you're just having a fun casual round with some friends. But don't get off your game plan. Don't try to bite off more than you can chew. Otherwise, it's going to start to bleed into other areas of your game. You're going to say, hey, I accomplished this throw. Let me run this 80-foot putt and then all of a sudden it goes OB or you have a long 40-foot comebacker, instead of laying up for the par and being able to walk away with a good score, you end up taking a bogey. So all of these things play into each other. Um, so play the smart controlled shot because if there's anything we've learned from Simon over the years and from Own recently, it's that that is going to lead to the most success, not just for victories and wins in tournaments, but also for repeatable success in your form and in your disc golf scores. And that is where you're going to have more fun and you're going to have more accomplishments and successes uh, than if you're just trying to do all these other, you know, wild and crazy things on the disc golf course. Now, that being said, some of you listening to this might just play for fun and that is totally okay. If you're not worried about score, if you don't play in tournaments and you wanna take the hero shot, that is totally fine. I'm not saying you can't do that. But this, this tip in particular is for players who are looking to uh, compete regularly and improve their finishes at tournaments and win tournaments. You really wanna dial in uh, that conservative play, knowing that you have the ability to play aggressive when you need to, but not doing that all the time. Okay, so that is uh, D-glow. like I said. I had quite a bit to share (laughs) about D-Glow. And uh, now we will end that conversation. Uh, I forgot to get it pulled up here. We will end that conversation by reviewing and going over the uh, final results. So on, uh, there we go. On MPO, we had Simon Lazat at minus 30. Eagle, Eagle McMahon in second place at minus 27. Tied for third, Chris Dickerson and Cole Rodallin at minus 25. Tied for fifth, Calvin Heinberg and Kevin Jones at minus 24. Seventh place, Isaac Robinson at minus 20. Eighth place, Ricky Wasaki 19. Ninth place, Anthony Barella at minus 18. And then 10th place, we had a tie of Jake Hebenheimer and Yannon Burr at minus 17. So you can see second to 10th place is a 10-stroke difference simon beat 10th place by 13 strokes at minus 21 over the last two days really benefited him then on the fpo we had own scoggins at minus 25 ah she did not win by three strokes she won by two is a little bit closer ella hansen in second at minus 23 Kat merch in third at minus 18 missy gannon and holland hanley in fourth at minus 15 we didn't talk about her. Holland Hanley had so many great drives and approaches, but her putt in the final round was just struggling so much. She had so many Miss Birdie putts um, that she either she definitely could have made podium. And depending on how many of those birdie putts she could have made, she might have given own a run for her money. But in sixth place, Jennifer Allen at minus twelve, Maria Oliva in seventh at minus nine, Sarah Hokum in eighth at minus seven, and ninth place Haley King at minus six. And then tied for tenth, we had Jessica Weese and Alexis Mandahano at minus three. So overall, a great weekend of disc golf, great great weekend. And the next couple of weeks. Are going to be pretty good everybody we do have a silver series coming up this week in the rochester flying open in new york if you saw a lot of players uh, went to niagara falls the last day or so and so they're getting into new york vermont uh, smugglers notch worlds is in two weeks i am so excited for worlds it's going to be great i don't have any insight into the rochester flying open it might be the first time on tour i'm not super sure i didn't look it up uh, but i because i'm just focused on worlds and so i'm super super excited about that but that is all i have for you guys today i hope uh, talking about the champ cap solo intrigued intrigued you and uh, you know maybe piqued your interest into this new putting tool that I've really enjoyed a lot. Don't forget if you haven't already, go and order a Maui Strong shirt to support those uh, in need who have suffered great devastation from the wildfires. And uh, we also covered the Innova Alien, a really unique disc that I think is a fun disc to throw. I just don't know how many people are actually going to it. It regularly and then we recapped Glow and previewed basically very quickly rochester by saying it's happening and then worlds more importantly is in two weeks and so i'm very excited for that well that is all i have for you today everyone make sure you go out and you play some uh, disc golf with people who have never played before teach someone new i'm playing with the uh, josiah and jared i mentioned them uh, on last week's episode We're playing again tomorrow. I am so excited. Uh, It's going to be a great time. Make sure you teach someone how to play disc golf. Be an encouragement to them. Make sure you play disc golf this weekend and enjoy uh, the hot but beautiful weather if you're in the southeast region that we've been experiencing. But get out there, have fun, and most importantly, have a great round.